Hey guys, you are listening to Killer Cocktails, where the drinks are stiff, but the bodies are stiffer. This is a casual true crime podcast where two friends get drunk and talk about gruesome murders. Each week we pick a different drink whose name or ingredients set the tone for our stories. Hey guys, it's Drea. And Jackie. And we are drinking the Brandy Alexander. Mm -hmm. Jackie, had you ever heard of this cocktail before this? I had not. Me neither. I knew brandy was a drink. We've had brandy and things. Mm-hmm. Um, but this Alexander business. Yeah. It's creamy. Ain't nothing but a name. It's nutmeggy. Mm-hmm. It's fantastic. It's good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't think we messed it up. Yeah. I think it had three ingredients with the garnish. And you shake it. And then you shakey shake. And you can't go wrong. I think the only way we messed it up is when we changed one of the ingredients. Yeah. So <laughs> I can't do a lactose. I Don't get me wrong. I will eat a pizza. Mm-hmm. I will eat lasagna. I will eat nachos. I've been around you when you've done all those things. Am I going to have a bad time after? Yeah. 100%. Do I have an amazing time during? 100%. Yeah. Um, but we tried it with almond milk, and it was just a different drink. The brandy was very noticeable. The cream de coco yeah. was very noticeable. It was boozier, for yeah. sure. I feel like the regular old uh, Brandy Alexander reminds me of the snowball. Or no, no, no. The mudslide cocktails that we mm-hmm. made. Mm-hmm. Okay, so... Brandy Alexander. Mm-hmm. It's a brandy-based cocktail. You might not have known based on the name. Um, <laughs> I thought it was tequila. Brandy is a cognac. Okay. So I believe that's relatively interchangeable. Mm-hmm. People probably get upset at me, but I, I believe, yeah. Uh, creme de coco and cream. Mm-hmm. And it became popular during the 20th century. So this is all from Wikipedia. Um, it's a variation of an earlier gin-based cocktail, which Ooh. was simply called the Alexander. Ew, with cream? Well, okay, so the cocktail known as Alexander today would be made with gin or brandy. So there's this whole, like, evolution of what you call stuff. And that's about all there is to say that's interesting. Perfect. (laughs) Um, Drea, speaking of interesting. Yeah. I would like you to tell me a story. Well, that's kind of, you know, demanding of you. Well, I'm ready for a story. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sitting here in cozy clothes. (laughs) I have a beverage. Okay. I got a nice fresh bevy. Well, you're in luck. Oh, good. Because I have a story for you. <laughs> Sit back, relax. And let's go on this wild ride. But first, I want to shout out Wikipedia. Yeah, yeah. Because you always there for me. I have another shout out. Yeah? We got our first donation. <gasps> you guys. You guys. Rachel. Rachel. Thank, thank you, you, Rachel. Thank you so much. That that was such a cool thing to wake up to. That was a real day brightener. So I have to tell you a story. <laughs> it's the whole Wikipedia donation thing again. You told us on the podcast. No, I know that. Oh. No. So I woke up and my little phone was like, hey, you have a PayPal donation. Someone donated to your podcast. I was like, oh, swoon, my heart. Like, oh my gosh, that's so nice. And I look at my email and it was like, someone has donated $250. And I about shit myself (laughs) in my bed and i was like there's no way who did this and i like shot up and then i looked and it was just my credit card payment (laughs) that i had paid because i also have u.s bank and then i went in and like saw what the person had actually donated i was like still so amazing (laughs) this is way more reasonable than i originally (laughs) thought um but yeah so that was a fun little thing but rachel thank you so much um she hails from portland one day we are definitely going to go over and do a portland show and yeah. slash meet up so I, and i don't think in that far of the future yeah we got we got things cooking i guys. mean once you guys pin me down on some calendar business oh jackie hates the calendar can you guys write in and tell her to calm down about calendars you, don't tell me how to feel 
<laughs> I get real calendar anxiety. I know. Even if it's all full of fun. I know. It's too full. Yeah, guess what? It's annoying. I don't like it. Well, guess I, you're wrong. Guess, Join no, me in this no. light, nope. loose world. Guess what happens? Then plans <clears throat> don't get done. Where were we and we didn't go to the Shanghai tunnels? Because oh, someone did didn't we want to not have ahead? fun in Portland? Is that what happened? <laughs> <laughs> I kind of think we had the best time ever. We had that best chicken. So you would have never had that chicken if we had signed up and had a scheduled day. Yeah, but I also so I'm not right. To- no, I am right, and you are wrong. No, you can't not plan for your life. Sure, you can. Michelle and Jeff just went to Thailand, and they have nothing booked for three weeks. <laughs> I just. You have to plan sometimes. Some things, like going to work, oh my God, getting on a plane on time. I can't do this with you right now. Anyway. You guys, we're going to get... I think my point is made. We had a great time in Portland because it was... But that doesn't always pan loose. out. It does. No, it does not. Many times it does. Oh, my God. I hate it. <laughs> okay. I can't. Okay. So, Jackie. Thank you, Rachel. Back to your story, Drea. <laughs> oh, yeah. Rachel, thank you so much. Um, okay. Here we go. Are you ready, Jackie? I'm so ready. I don't know if you've earned the story, but fine. <laughs> um, I also got a bunch of information from a new New York Times article called oh. A Man of Many Facets, All of Them Monstrous by William Grimes. You Grimes ready? telling you about crimes. Hell yeah. Okay. So I'm going to tell you about Alexander mm, Sand- bing, bing, bing. <laughs> Sandy Keith Jr. Alexander is my tie to the Sandy Brandy. Sandy Keith Jr. That's a name. Mm-hmm. 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 So again... Alexander, Brandy Alexander. Mm-hmm. That one's pretty obvious tie. Um, so he was born in 1827 <laughs> in uh, Caithness, Scotland, and he grows up in Halifax. Now I understand that you were trying to figure out how to say the name of a town and not a person's name. Mm-hmm. Not Katniss. I kept thinking it's Katniss <laughs> and she's just getting it wrong. <laughs> um, so now he's over in Canada. Okay. So he is the nephew of Alexander Keith, who is the founder of the Alexander Keith Brewery. Uh, and he was also mayor of Halifax three times. Dang. Yeah. So if you are from Canada, you probably know of the Alexander Keith Brewery. It's pretty famous. It's actually part of the Anheuser-Busch like clumerant kind of thing because they own everything yeah um and so the brewery is founded in 1820 and so as alexander jr gets older he uh, works as a clerk in his uh, uncle's brewery and he sees how well his uncle's doing financially and he's like i want some of that money and Mm -hmm. i want some of that power so he starts forging his uncle's name on fake bills of exchange and he's just like kind of he'll never get the table right yeah um, and then he starts getting a little bolder and he starts working on these railroad contracts that his uncle is involved in. And so he starts buying mm-hmm. cheap gunpowder and then selling it as more expensive gunpowder. <sighs> and then he pockets the difference. He's cutting it with baby formula. Uh-huh. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> and in order not to get caught, he blows up his uncle's gunpowder magazine business in 1857. He's just like, we're going to get rid of every shred of evidence ever possible. So it's not linked. Also back seems to me. a little bit like an insurance scam too, because I'm sure mm. that that it's not like oh, there's a big explosion and mm-hmm. that sucks. Yeah. Okay. So. So he's a he's a crafty fellow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's just trying to get by. Um, and then the Civil War hits in in the United States. Oh. And the Southern blockade runners start heading up to Halifax looking to make some money. 
Um, and so Alexander sees an opportunity to become a purchasing agent for all of these blockade runners, and he's helping them so much that he gets this nickname called uh, the Confederate Consul. Hmm. And so he's like chummy chummy with all of them. And as the uh, war goes on, it's clear that the South isn't doing that great. So the Southerners um, who are already hiding in Canada start to plan some raids and terrorist attacks across the border. Oh. And Alexander has been such a help in, so far that they bring him in on their plans. They're okay. like, Alexander... You're, you're my homie. We're going to cut you in on this pie. Got it. And a little more insight on Alexander's ca- uh, character. He loves secret handshakes. Uh, he loves code. Boy, boy, everybody does. <laughs> you're about to say things that everybody loves. <laughs> he loves coded messages. And he loves the glamour that the war brings. I, I get what you're... Yeah. Yeah. And um, he considers himself a super agent and an international man of mystery. Oh, man. Uh-huh. He's intoxicated by it all. Yes. Um, so anyways, he's helping everyone out with their crazy plans, and he links up with this man named Dr. Luke Black- uh, Blackburn. And um, actually, Dr. Luke Blackburn would later become the governor of Kentucky. Little Whoa. side story there. But anyways, um, Dr. Blackburn um, has this crazy plan to start volunteering to help patients who have a yellow fever over in Bermuda. And it seems like really nice of him. Like what a swell guy. But while he's there, he starts collecting their soiled clothes and linens (gasps) and he sends them to Halifax. So Alexander smallpox blankets. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So he sends them up to Halifax. Ugh. Yep. I don't like it. (laughs) Okay. That's really nefarious Mm -hmm. to me. Yeah. We're not working with, like, some good dudes right now. Mm. <laughs> okay. So, he's sending them all to Halifax. And Alexander gets all of them. And he ships them to northern troops in order to make them all sick. This is crazy. Mm-hmm. But luckily, no one gets sick because yellow fever is transmitted to humans through mos- mosquitoes, not person to person. Dummies. Okay, doctor. <laughs> um, so, by the end of 1864, the Confederate um, operatives and black... Um, of blockade runners realize that they are definitely going to lose the war. So they're like, well, let's try to make a little bit more money before this all goes to shit. So one of these guys is named Luther Rice Smoot. Um, he's the quest, no, the quartermaster general of Virginia. And he gives Alexander 25 K, which is $400,000 in today's money. I mean, yeah, that sounds crazy. Yeah. To buy two locomotives from the Norse works in Philadelphia. But what Luther didn't oh, know... That's train money. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all that train situation that was mm-hmm. going back. And the, why nothing can get updated now. The great <laughs> railroad. Don't, don't get me started on trains. <laughs> um, but what Luther didn't know is that Alexander had accepted $60,000 from two other men for the same merchandise. Oh, he's a double dipper. Mm-hmm. So when it was time to give him the locomotives, uh, uh, Alexander tipped the Union authorities off. And they confiscated, like, all the locomotives and stuff, leaving Alexander with everyone's money. He's like, what am I supposed to do? My hands are tied. They took the stuff. This is all going to come crashing down on him. Mm -hmm. Y'all. So another scheme involved having blockade runners pay Alexander to list himself as owner of their ships. So they're up there. Okay. They're bringing ships over. They're trying to get merchandise Mm -hmm. back down to uh, to the south. And so when a ship went down by the opposite team, because they come into port, they see it's of the opposite team, they, they're shooting them down, and they're sinking them. I like how you call them teams. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it works. Opposite sides. Um, so um, when a ship would go down, Alexander 
um, had already filled out an insurance claim and he would keep the money. He's going to some someone is going to get mad at him. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. So Alexander was like, you know, instead of leaving it up to chance to which ships are going to get bombed, I should bomb the ships myself with timed like bomb bombs on the ship. Dude. Mm hmm. Uh, so he does that a couple times until he has a million dollars in today's money. He has a million dollars. And then he's like, I'm going, I'm getting too hot. I got to get out of here. So he skips town with his, this chambermaid named Mary Clifton, who had been working at the Halifax hotel. He's like, come on, Mary, we're getting yeah. out of town. And for a brief time, they hide in Boston and New York and they're enjoying this like baller lifestyle. They're throwing lavish parties. Um, but then a private detective who was hired by the blockade runners finds mm -hmm. him and he's like, I got you. I feel like private detectives detectives back in the day. I don't think you want to run afoul with How them. How did you find people back in the day? I feel like you just disappear. I almost feel like it's easier now. Am I wildly wrong? To disappear now? Yeah. How? Get off the grid. How? Get off the grid. How? There's cameras everywhere. Cash money. You're going to go to an ATM and pull out cash? There's a camera. You're going to go down the street. It depends who, you're, try it depends who you're trying camera. to get away from. Yeah. You're trying to get away from the NSA? It's going to be a hard time. Yeah. If you're trying to get away from, like, some drug dealers, seems pretty easy. Uh, they have people in high places. Mm, depends. I 100% think it's easier to disappear back then than it is today. You're probably right. Hell yeah. Hell Yeah. <laughs> I needed a win. There you go. You're probably like wildly right. <laughs> yes. Okay. So anyways, this private detective is like, I got you. And Alexander was like, no, you don't. And he's out. He's gone. He heads to St. Louis. Catch me if you can. <laughs> Which is a great movie. It is. Uh, but the Confederate network tracked him down again. And when confronted. Hard to stay hidden. Mm. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, and when confronted by the private detective, Alexander offers him $5,000. He's like. Here's $5,000. You didn't see me. Mm -hmm. I'm out. And so then he goes to Highland, Illinois. And this is where he meets um, Cecilia. And he gets married to her a couple months later. Mm. Um, by Mary. Sorry. Uh, the couple settles down to a happy life, often visiting um, Cecilia's family back in St. Louis. Um, but early one morning uh, in December of 1865, they hear this like loud knocking coming from the front door. So Alexander gets up and he goes and answers it. And it's a U.S. Marshal, a St. Louis detective, and Luther Smoot, if you remember him. Smoot. From earlier. Yeah. He gave him all that money for the mm -hmm. locomotives. Mm -hmm. And he took like, that Smoot loot and oh, he ran away. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, so they're like, Alexander, we got you. There's no yeah. getting out of this. So they take him to St. Louis and they lock him up. And they're like, once you have enough money to pay back Luther, we'll let you out. Make money in prison. Good luck. I think he had a bunch of money on the side and they knew that. Okay. So he finally pays up or I'm not quite sure how he gets out, but he gets out and he gets his wife and they leave for New York. And in January of 1866, they catch a ship heading to Germany. And then for several years, they're living it up and um, they're hanging out with American socialites and like Saxon uh, generals. And they're throwing these extravagant parties again. And they start burning through that money really quickly. Mm. And so Alexander's like, man, how am I going to make money? Well, what has worked in the past? I should bomb some ships again. And so he's like, I'm going to buy all this worthless export and insure it for this like huge amount of money. And I'm going to put it on board a ship and um, I'm going to put one of my bombs with the timer on it. 
And once it once it's out at sea, it'll explode and I'll be rich again. So he tries to blow up a couple ships, but for whatever reasons, that doesn't work out. And so he tries again with a steamship named um, M-O-S-E-L, Mosel? Sure. Mosel. Um, and it's docked in a German port. And um, so on December, uh, on December 13th, 1875, he travels under the name William King Thomas. And he takes his bomb and he like puts it in this barrel. And he like puts it next to the porters next to the ship. And he's like, this is just part of my cargo. Can you put it with everything else? And they're like, sure, why not? Um, and then he heads aboard the ship and he checks himself into a first class cabin. And so the porters are like grabbing all the stuff and they're putting in the ship and they grab his barrel and they start to put it up on the ramp, but it falls off the dock and it explodes. And the blast is so big and loud that people 50 miles away heard it. Whoa. Mm-hmm. And witness would later describe the dock area looking like a battlefield. Crazy. Mm-hmm. One so, barrel. Mm-hmm. So the blast caved in the bow of the ship and buckled the deck of the tu- the tugboat that was going to tug it out to sea. And the cabins and the decks were covered with sand, broken glass, and pieces of wood and twisted iron. And on the deck... Um, the explosion produced a black smoking hole six feet deep and seven feet wide, and there were just body parts everywhere. Whoa. And people were moaning and crying, and overall, 81 people died if 50 were seriously injured. Whoa. Isn't that crazy? And from his cabin, um, Alexander heard the blast, and he went up to the deck to see what had happened. And when he realized the bomb had gone off, he went back to his cabin. And he sat down, and he wrote a letter to his wife that said, God bless you and my darling children. You will never see me to speak again. And he wrote another letter to the captain and that said, what I have seen today, I cannot stand. And then he picked up his revolver and shot himself twice in the head. Okay. So as the crew is going through the ship and they're like evacuating people, they go into Alexander's bedroom and they find him still alive. And so they take him to the medics and the police are like, well, okay, explosion 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 that's why you all are here but this guy has two bullet holes in his head what's going on and so they start interrogating him and he finally confesses while he's been shot in the head too like he's Mm -hmm. talking to them do you remember like i think that happens quite often like back in the day when someone (sighs) tries to shoot themselves in the head and it just doesn't go through yeah um so five days later, his wife, Cecilia, makes it to Alexander's bedside, and she begs him to repent for what he's done. But Alexander's last words were, I have been a thick head. The fellows in New York are guilty. So he's like, no, 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 no. I'm not taking this blame. Wow. Mm-hmm. Uh, after Alexander's death, a massive investigation begins, and the story of what happens goes global. Because at the time, they're like, who is this guy? We have no idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so they start talking to people back um, in Canada, in the United States. And everyone's like, oh, we've been screwed over by that guy. Uh-huh. And like, oh, you have a time bomb on your ship. That also happened over here a bunch of times. Wow. And so um, Alexander became known as the di- dynamite fiend. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, and then... Um, so, he dies. I'd call him the time bandit. Hey, that was a good one. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, he dies, and he goes to the coroner, and the coroner um, requests permission to preserve Alexander's head for scientific purposes. 
So the rest of Alexander... It is impressive. He got shot twice and was still around for a little bit. Oh, maybe that's why. I thought they wanted to keep him to study him because he was, like, killing all these people. I don't think they were looking at brains at that time like that. Oh, that makes more sense. But maybe they were. I mean, Frankenstein's a hell of old story, and the whole point is they're pulling a criminal's brain. Uh, So maybe... Possible. Um, And so the rest of Alexander's body is tossed into a grave, but his head is placed in a jar and kept in the... uh, Bremen Museum Hmm. and there was like a story where I think uh, I'm going to get all these details wrong but essentially I think the town was under siege and or the uh, earthquake I think it was under siege anyways so (laughs) the head gets knocked off and like the jar shatters and it must have been a siege because then other people are dying and there's body parts everywhere again and then his head just kind of gets collected up with everybody else and so they're not quite sure what happened to his head Weird. Uh Uh-huh. And so he's just in the ether now. Unnamed. I'll bet it just decomposed. Yeah. I mean, they collected all the body parts and put it in an unmarked grave. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gross. I know. And that's the story of Alexander Keith. Huh. Yeah. That was a good story. Thanks. Yeah. It went places I didn't think it would go. (laughs) And then halfway through, I kept myself from interrupting. Uh Uh-huh. Very proud of myself on that one. (laughs) Um... (laughs) halfway through i was like oh someone's gonna die mm-hmm. like i sometimes i just forget that yeah. that's gonna happen i i just think it's crazy he's from scotland he moved to uh canada and then got involved with the civil war down mm-hmm. in the united states and then made it over to germany Found and yeah. those dollars yeah it was crazy he wanted those doll hairs doll hairs um jackie i'm gonna tell you a story well i think we should take a quick break it's probably for the best. <laughs> you guys, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to refresh in our cocktails. Crocktails. I don't think we need to. <laughs> I'm going to have a water. Um, and we'll be right back. Hey, guys. This is a really exciting mid-roll. It is. Because we have some sponsors bah, bah, bah. that aren't ourselves. Correct. And we wanted to give a special shout out to these lovely people because they've been listeners for a while mm-hmm. and they popped over to our website and they gave us some donations. They threw down. They um, put on some stinky cheddar. Oh, stinky. Yeah. <laughs> that cheddar. So big, big shout out to Rachel, Larissa, Nace, Stacy, and Carrie. Boom. You know what you guys are doing? You guys are sponsoring this episode. All of our supplies for this episode was sponsored by you guys. We couldn't have done it without you. Well, we could have, but it's been hurting our bank accounts. Correct. <laughs> so it is really nice. Yes. So thank you guys so much. Um, a little shout out to you guys again. If you guys can DM us on um, Instagram or shoot us an email at killercocktailspodcast at gmail.com. And if you want to give us your address, we would love to send you a little thank you note. So thank you guys again and enjoy the rest of the episode. Hey guys, we're back. We're back. Jaggy. I'm going to tell you a story. Yeah. I think because I told you a story. Totally now fair. Now you tell me a story and then right. I'll tell you a story. And then I'll tell you a story. It's going to get crazy. Okay. On January 1st. Uh-huh. 2020? 2003. Oh. Um, I'm going to tell you about Brandy Holmes. Okay. What's my tie? Brandy. So I went Brandy, you went Alexander. Brandy Alexander. We make a Brandy Alexander. 
<laughs> okay, so on January 1st, 2003, mm-hmm. Brandy and her boyfriend, Robert, and he was Robert Coleman, mm-hmm. they, and I, and I don't really know why, and I couldn't find anywhere why, they went, so out in like a rural area, go to a home mm-hmm. of a retired reverend and his wife, the minister was 70 and his wife i think was like 68 yeah um so the retired minister is julian brandon and his wife is alice brandon Mm -hmm. so they're just home it's again it's like new year's day evening ish and brandy and robert knock on the door and then when the door is answered just force their way in and uh julian so the the minister like he's at the front so they pretty quickly um shoot him under his jaw like a super close oh. contact like come in the door gun is under his jaw uh shoot him with a 380 caliber handgun okay and it like it does all sorts of damage to like his jaw like essentially breaks it in half um a fragment of the bullet, I think, or maybe of the jaw goes through his, but like there's all sorts of crazy damage. Yeah. Um, and then he's left kind of in a pool of blood up at the front. Do they know them? They don't know them. Okay. Just random. Then they head to the back of the house where Alice is and they start telling her like, we want valuables. We need your cash. We want credit cards. We want everything. Like she's just heard them attack her husband. Yeah. Um, and then she starts kind of like gathering that stuff up and then they put a pillow over her face and they shoot her. Oh my God. And then they like, they gather up that stuff. They don't clean anything up. Like they just run away. Yeah. So they leave. And oh, so but before they leave, I'm sorry. They go into the kitchen because the reverend's not dead. Yeah. They've shot him in the jaw. Yeah. They run into the kitchen and they get knives. No, stop. And they just start cutting and no. sl- slashing. It's horrible. To both of them? I, I don't need to know. I, it's fine. I know, oh. I know to... Um, the Reverend? To, yeah, Brandon. Or, uh, excuse me, Julian. Julian Brandon. Um, then they then they leave. So, and like, and there's like, if you want crazy details of what, like, you can look it up, but like, I'm not going to go into everything they did. Okay, so on January 5th, Essentially, it's time for, like, church. And again, he's a retired minister, but I think he still goes to church. So they're missing from their daily routine. So then people go and, like, check on them. And that's when they're like, oh, something horrible has happened here. So it takes a couple days for their bodies to be discovered. So then the investigation starts, and they're like, all right, so now, like, the clock is running, and they're trying to figure it out. In the meantime, uh, Brandy's just been bragging about killing this old couple why do they always brag i don't know Ugh. so she's bragging about it and so it like kind of gets back to police pretty quickly about like where they should be looking um so then they go to brand so they're like okay we gotta figure out who this brand and like but brandy doesn't live that far so then they go, okay, well, where's Brandy? How do we find her? So then they go to her mom, lives in a trailer, again, kind of close. So then they go to the mom's. So they get Brandy, they get the boyfriend, they, and they're pretty, like, 
open to dialogue with police at first. And they're kind of like, oh, they're answering questions. And then it comes out that, so they attacked them, steal their stuff, they leave. And they like, they're on video footage of trying to use their ATM. They're like, again, they're not like, they've got all this jewelry that they stole. Um, again, very just kind of loose murderer thieves. And when they're in the police station, then it kind of like all the story starts to come out. She took her nephews, one of which was like nine. And the other one, I think was a little bit older, back to the house <gasps> after they had attacked the couple and one of the boys was like i'm not going in there and the other boy was like i'll go like i don't know if they knew what had happened they go in so the nine-year-old kid sees this man in a bloody pool his dead body and she goes so brandy goes back to where alice was i think to get like more jewelry and other stuff and the nephew is like i heard her (gasps) she's not dead what 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 so brandy is like oh i gotta go doesn't do anything about it wait the woman is still alive leaves the wife this is days later so when police come like when when they're like come to the house it's the you know it's the fifth that all happened on the first she's found alive (gasps) slight you know pulse slight pulse she's alive how many days has it been four days four days or so she's she can't she can't she has round the clock hair. She's alive yeah. but not. And so all of this is in two th- what did I say, two thousand three? Yeah. So she kind of lives and I'll fast forward a little the bit. Poor nine year old. Yeah. So there's a neighbor who huh. saw the two boys run <gasps> away from the house. So like when police are canvassing and they're like, Well, I saw Brandy come with these two little boys, and the two little boys like got the hell out of there super fast and so the police are doing the timeline then they talk to the boys and then they're like holy fuck why would you so the wife lives like that until about 2008 and then she passes away oh my god that's so so sad so when they have brandy in custody so they've got brandy they've got her boyfriend and they both kind of are owning up to it um they brandy at one point uh they leave so she's confessing to stuff. They have videotape of her confessions. They leave it out on a police officer's desk. And she's in the police station to be questioned again. And she steals the tape of her confession and replaces it with a blank ta- tape. Takes it into the bathroom and flushes it down the toilet with a bunch of jewelry that she stole from their house. What? So there's like all this like crazy like debatable police... I don't even know what word I want to use. Just not following the rules or, you know. Protocol. Yeah, it's just not a real tight investigation. And then she's being like a super loose criminal. But so they go to trial. She's found guilty. So like all of this kind of happens relatively quick and pretty seamless. Like even though like some of the evidence is gone. Um, So he died. She's charged with his murder. Uh Um, The boyfriend is found guilty and sentenced to death. She's found guilty and sentenced to death. Yeah. Oh, this is in Louisiana. This is in Louisiana. Excuse me. (laughs) I just remembered. So then, and part of why that's so important is then all this stuff comes out in the trial and in appeals because she's got her lawyers saying she has fetal alcohol syndrome 
and that she's like mentally retarded is what they're saying in the court documents. What? That is what they're calling it. Yeah. I mean, it's not PC anymore to say that, but back then this is yeah. what is in all of that. And so what they're saying is she's severely stunted, has no idea what she's doing. Then they start bringing all but this she other- she had the right mind to take the tape and flush it with yeah. all the jewelry. Like yeah. She's, she, she has enough cognitive association to know that she did something wrong and she needs to cover it up. Yes. Yes. So she knows she did something wrong. The judge is like, bullshit. Okay. They throw that out. Okay. Um, But they've got like the head of the fetal alcohol, like they, they've Whoa. got all these people saying, no, like she didn't know any bit. Like there's rules. At the time there were rules that you um couldn't put to death anyone that was mentally challenged. So that's where they're trying to, like they're trying to save her life mm-hmm. in saying that she's challenged mm-hmm. so that she just gets life in prison gotcha. and the way all the court stuff is going they're like no she's not like maybe like oh and here's her mom definitely drank while she was pregnant mm-hmm. so she definitely has fetal alcohol syndrome yeah and her mom goes she's named after my favorite drink like i love brandy oh like it's all a sad mess yeah and she was one of uh I think she's still alive. She's on death row. Um, and I think there's like 50 other women in Louisiana that are on death row. But there's this whole like, because you have like the Supreme Court took it away. They brought it back. So there's all this like courtroom drama mm-hmm. that's involved in all of this. But like when I was researching this and reading about it, I just, the nephew's part, mm-hmm. like just the eg- egregious, like really aggressive, seemingly for no reason. I mean, they're robbing them, but like how violent the attack was on them mm-hmm. bringing the nephews along mm-hmm. was crazy yeah um and then like all the like the weird court stuff that happens afterwards she so i they brought it into court that um there were other attacks on like knock on the door uh-huh forced entry robberies mm-hmm. um that they can kind of tie to her too Whoa. so it had happened i think two two or three other times there was one of them this one lady was like she got saved by the fact that she didn't open her door like brandy came and knocked on her door uh-huh. and she answered it and brandy was like you owe me whatever like just kind of saying stuff that didn't make any sense and she was like no 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 Ugh. then brandy left brandy came back with her boyfriend is knocking on the door and the lady was like i didn't answer the door yeah and everyone was like you would have died whoa that's insane um jackie that is that's insane that is so sad all yeah just sad like it's sad it kind of seems like where brandy like from her perspective growing up it didn't seem like she had the best childhood i'm i'm assuming i'm filling in a lot of stuff and it just feels like you know you get into the snowball kind of cycle effect and then well no and 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 you know, they brought her mom. So her mom's like, I definitely drank. What? And this is, mm-hmm. she's a, a witness in all of this stuff saying, I definitely drank when I was pregnant. And Brandy was in special school all through. Like, they're making a case for the fact that she's definitely not your typical intelligence person. Yeah. Um, and it's, and what's hard is while the Supreme Court has said you cannot put to death someone who's mentally challenged, they also have not given. There's no parameter to that. Mm-hmm. That's gray. Yeah. So they don't say it. While everyone says that 70 is the line, the Supreme Court didn't say that. And so it's what criteria are you using to say that someone's mentally challenged? Mm-hmm. And that gets 
it, it goes both like it's painted really wide both directions yeah. well then it's just interesting how she it's always interesting to me when someone can find another person who's willing to do crimes and crimes i agree that with violent. you i agree with you yeah and for them to, and like maybe it was random or maybe they saw the reverend and his wife in the community and were like, that's yeah. going to be a good mark or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it's just happenstance that they were home, happenstance that they opened up the door and then just it escalated so quickly. And yeah. then that she was alive, like the wife was alive that, for that many days. Ooh, yeah. Oh, and to, oh, it's so sad because she was just there with her thoughts you know for like you're just trapped you have to ugh. you have to hope that you're just passing out and time is going by without ugh. you consciously being a part of it i hate it well thank you yeah yeah it was crazy i like i hadn't heard of that story i hadn't either like i i went looking for um like i wanted another po- like i wanted to hear a podcast mm-hmm. on it and they're like all of that was essentially like murderpedia mm-hmm. and a article on thoughtco which mm-hmm. i think i've used for another story so there's again there's tons of details if you want to like most of the details are just the horrible things that happen to them that i don't really feel like diving into um to me the more interesting part of it is you know where where does her iq and you know environment come into play and i don't just how seemingly random Mm -hmm. it kind of seems yeah definitely yeah that was yeah there's a lot of like louisiana law involved in it and Switching gears a little bit yeah. instead of our normal question. Jackie, give me a highlight of your week, either from the past or what's coming oh. up. Oh. Yeah. Um, well, immediately what jumps to mind coming up, I'm going to go skiing tomorrow. Mm-hmm. So I'm very excited about that. And you're, you're not just going skiing tomorrow. I'm not just. I'm So I'm going regular skiing, mm-hmm. downhill alpine skiing, and then uh, night skiing, mm-hmm. which I don't know that i've ever done or if i have it's been a very long time mm-hmm. um and then we're gonna camp and then get a couple morning runs in and then make it back in time for work so that yeah. i'm super stoked on i haven't skied yet this season i've been cross-country skiing but i haven't been downhill skiing yeah and i'll, I'll leave that as my highlight i yeah. feel like other stuff happened but that's, i'm excited about that this week that's what i was thinking for, for you because i oh. thought that was such a cool thing you're doing <laughs> what about you um I would say, so uh, we have our holiday party in January, and um, I kind of coordinated the whole thing. and threw a bomb-ass party. And I think just seeing it all come to fruition and seeing everyone there, it's always fun to see your coworkers after work. I will also point out that Dre got to use a microphone for part of it. Oh, my God. (laughs) And it was fun to see people who don't know about the podcast Uh watch you become a different person <laughs> there's something about a microphone like you become it, so confident everyone me- else gets so weird <laughs> being amplified and you're like Mm-mm. what's weird because he's like, so funny so charming <laughs> i think because i was talking to one of our coworkers, and he's like if i have something prepared and i know the topic he's like i'm amazing at it whereas i feel like if there's something prepared that i need to get out i start choking and then something about I don't know. I just, I don't know. It, it gives me confidence. I, it, it's, it, it makes it's me fun. Happy. It's fun to watch <laughs> as your friend. I, I got to do like a raffle for everybody and I was just like, and you get a prize on you. It get was a prize. great. Um, the food was good. The drinks were flowing. Um, we didn't go to the second location. I feel like everyone was really responsible. Probably the most responsible holiday the party most we've ever respons- had. I think because the snow had hit and it was icy. So yeah. I was really stoked. I was, that. I was proud of everybody's Except actions. Except for that one butthole who wasn't part of our company party. I don't know the one who went drifting and did a 180. Out Somebody the- drove crazy past so all of us. So crazy. They like 
sped up, started fishtailing, and then sped up more, and then did a 180, and we're going they backwards were a crazy on the road. Person. Yeah, they were being insane. Um, so please drive safe during these wintry months. Yeah, think of your fellow person. You might have control, but others might not. Um, that's your PSA. As I look at a miniature Jesus statue in Kimberly's office. Oh, that's from uh, the dude. Ah, what's that movie? Um, Dogma. Oh, nice. Remember Dogma? Yeah, funny movie. Um, you guys, thank you for the short but sweet episode. Yeah, we hope you make this cocktail. It is delicious. Uh, if you have to make it with a non-cream-based um, ingredient, it's just know it's not going to taste exactly the same. We're back now. We are H- back. Hit us up on Instagram. Oh, Start yeah. giving us recommendations again. People were giving us oh, drink recommendations. Drink and, and sometimes story, we get story recommendations. Story, yeah. Any recommendations, you know, well, well, hairstyles. I feel like for the most part, we always incorporate them. There's very few that we yeah. were like, I don't know how we're going to do that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Or that sounds hard. And if we haven't done your recommendation yet. Remind us. Remind us because... I had to get a new phone and things got wiped. New phone, who dis? <laughs> um, I know. Well, actually, um, we have been getting recommendations to watch the cat, the Don't Mess With Cats. Oh, I've watched don't most cats. of it. And you told me it's fine. And the you're not going to get. Fine. Yeah, you'll be OK. It's just a crazy story. But I told you I can't watch it by myself because then I just get hella depressed. I'll watch Depression Session movies with you. All right. All right. <laughs> um, you guys, as always, thank you so much, and we'll see you next week. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of Killer Cocktails. As always, on our talent was Jackie Andrea. Uh, be sure to check out our Instagram at Killer Cocktails Podcast or stop by our website, KillerCocktailsPodcast.com, for up to date information, photos, contests, and more. Our logo was created by Michelle Firm, whose amazing art can be found at MichelleFirmDesign.com. Our music was created by Nikolai Heidlus. And we'll be back next week on Hashtag Murder Mondays.